Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace. Yes. You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of... Episode 170. It's good to be back, man. Shit. Good to see your face, bro. I miss you, man. I'm smiling, man. I'm smiling over here, dude. For those of you who are just listening. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, man. I'm so, so happy to be back. And, you know, it's a nice break. We did a, you know, an episode of After Hours while you were gone, man. And, you know, we should have you on the show with, uh, you know, with me and Domo and Cyrus next time, man. uh, I'm down, man. Different kind of dynamic, you know. We get a little bit uh you know we talk about different things you know, more adult type uh oriented things. yeah adult oriented <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound like well, this is a kid's show man <laughs> this is not a kid's show this it, it kind of is yeah you know a little artists, bit artists were all uh very you know child mind like you know so uh you know a little bit definitely but. good to be i feel like it now dude after i took i mean you know i was off in budapest for seven weeks and then got back and was just like going i mean dude poor twins they were troopers man um especially my daughter uh her scene that uh, she was actually in the film uh wasn't until the night before we left oh man and so the night before we left was also a stressor on top of all the other stressings that were happening over there because uh, we had COVID tests that we had to have in order to get on the airplane and they forgot to give them to her the day before when she was at this location and like I was supposed to get them, I was like, where are they? Like, oh, we forgot to give them to her. We'll give them to her tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, because that's kind of important because otherwise you can't get on the airplane and go back. She gets home at about 9.30 at night. The, actually, the lead actor, Edward, Edward Philippona, carries her into the apartment where we're staying and lays her down on the, on the couch. And is like, you know, good night. And Ella uh, Travolta is like, you know, good night. And I had to wake her up. And she's like, yeah, what's going on? You know, where am I now? Um, and I was like, come on, time to get packed. So by midnight, we finally got her all packed up and everything and her brother. And then we had to be up at 5 a.m. to catch our ride to go to the airport. Oh, man. And then once we got back, we got back at about, was it uh, four o'clock in the afternoon, the same day, basically. And so the following day, they were back at school. Oh, man. Jeez. I got their little asses <laughs> up, then I was like, hey, come on, time to go. And they're like, woohoo, yeah. And I'm like, motherfucker, man. It's good to be the Energy. Uh, uh, it took a wallop on me, man. But it was, it was a count. They're 11 now. They turned 11 when they were over in Budapest. And dude, uh, they had a fancy birthday, bro. They had, they, let me just tell you, bro, they, 
they had uh, a birthday party at one castle out in this uh, area called Azad, which is about, I don't know, 40 minutes, 45 minutes outside of Budapest. And uh, it's called Azad Castle, A-Z-O-D. And it's a really, really old castle, but they had, you know, a bunch of scenes set up there. And so outside of that area, they had this little tent set up with two little birthday cakes with like little rockets on them and stuff and, and flames shooting off of them and everything. <laughs> Pretty fancy, you know? So they had nice. to sit there and chow down on some cake and, you know, look at the, they got a, a couple of nice backpacks from the um, uh, costume designer, um, oh, wow, okay. Slavna. I love her. Slavna. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You kind of jumped to the end of the trip, man. I, I want, you know, I mean, like, no, 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 no. You gotta let me finish here. Okay, the, the, okay. <laughs> they, um, so they, they had birthday dinner, you know, a little cake there. And then at the end of the day, there was this restaurant they wanted to eat. There was, there's another castle inside Budapest, or actually on Pesh, not Budapest, but on the Pesh side, where the restaurant, when you're eating, you're sitting there looking at the castle. So these, these wow. little bums, yeah, talk about spoiled. They had a uh, <laughs> birthday dinner, uh, two of them, next to two castles in Budapest. Don't feel sorry for them, effort. Okay. So. <laughs> I, got, I got some uh, here. I got, I got some of these pictures real quick. Uh, um, let me see. that uh, You posted up of the uh, Budapest, man. This is, uh, let's see here. They were, this is the, the birthday celebration. Hey, you can blow it. Oh, yeah, this to is that boy. Harry, <laughs> do not yeah, steal I'm mine. Sorry. I will not steal yours. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. And this is the, uh... That was the hotel that we were staying in. We were staying in a four-star hotel. Jeez. I mean, dude, we had a breakfast buffet every morning that oh. was, you know, dozens and dozens, whatever you want, basically, you know? And that was really nice. Oh, man. The stressful part that I'm talking about <laughs> is, uh, unfortunately, the language barrier with the production company and my okay. wife's team. You see, because um, they could speak English, you know, and understand a little bit. But when it comes to talking about creative things and mm -hmm. actual items and ideas, it's it's a whole different ball game. And it's one thing so, to communicate, right? It's like okay, I'm yes. communicating with Simple you. Things. Left, yeah. right. Where's the bathroom? Exactly. Like, you know those yeah. things. But it's like when you want to talk about detail and nuance, which is like probably very important set to the designer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, I can imagine how how hard this would be, man. So basically, what would happen is, you know, there were things that she had called for to be on on the set. They get there and they're like, well, what's that? You know, it'd be kind of cool. And, you know, they would figure something out and luckily get, they got really good footage. They got great footage, luckily. But dude, and my wife, I got to tell you, handled it like a champ. Um, yeah. I would have been choking people out and probably losing my mind a little bit. Uh, but uh, I was, I was doing that quietly back at the, <laughs> the apartment with the with the twins um but you know i mean it, it got to where she would arrive on set and just not know really what to expect you know to be there yeah, yeah and um you know when it comes to doing a film dude i mean this is you you got one shot with this type of film and if you don't get it right if you don't you know make a good film you're done 
you're done. You know, you might be able to get some writing work or whatever, but as far as being a director or whatever, you're done. So yeah, yeah, it yeah. was a ton of pressure. And on top of that, having to work with a Hungarian, you know, uh, production company and set design, you know, they were nice. Uh, they were really nice. And, but it was just the language barrier problem, you know? Um, and uh, they, they, and the amount of work that they did, they're not used to how many um, scenes that they ended up shooting while they were doing my wife's film. Mm -hmm. um, so at times, you know, some of the crew was kind of like, dude, let's kind of slow down here. You know, we're going way too fast. You know, we need to relax and, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you know, Europeans, they, they honestly, they work on a different time schedule than Americans, right? Okay. Like, you, you know, I, yeah. I was in Europe too, this, you know, in this period of time. And, uh, you know, for me, it kind of worked on the positive end because it was like, it was like I got to kind of like slow down the pace of my life. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I thought we were like a little bit relaxed on the West Coast, but like, you know, I, I spent a lot of time <laughs> no. in France this time. And, uh, you know, um, well, I, I don't want to get to France yet, but I, my point is that, you know, Europeans, they, they take their time to do things. And then a lot of times they do it very high quality too, you know, because yeah, they take their absolutely. Time. I have no complaints over any of the work that they did. Like I said, my wife got some amazing footage and it's going to be a great film. It should be out, I think. In, in the theaters by like next summer um yeah there she is and dude she did such a good job she was so careful not to go over budget and they did what normally people have about 60 or 70 days to shoot they did it within like um i think it was 40 days wow. or less and um you know like i said they 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 were able to stay within budget and once the main producer, uh, Michael Mendelson, arrived, uh, he was doing another film um, with Jamie Foxx in, um, I think it was New Mexico. And they actually got shut down a little bit because of COVID, but he was kind of stuck there and, and didn't get to the, where we were until like, I think the day before I arrived. Um, but he saw, he, he had one of his um, other producers there, uh, Natalie Perota, who did an amazing job and was very supportive of my wife. and. Um, Man, they were just really, really um, appreciative of how careful my wife was about how money was being spent and how much time was being used and just the management, you know? And dude, my wife's German. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she is on top of that shit, bro. I, well, you know, I, I spent some time in, well, let me, let me just tell you kind of like uh, my trip actually, because I did spend uh, a little bit of time in Germany too, before I go into uh, France. Okay. So, you know, for me, I always go to Amsterdam every single year to hang out. It's like my second home, you know, I got me and me and teach. We've went before too. you know, we have friends there, right? Shout out. You to went by the old damp ring, right? Said hi to Jason. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I, you know what? I always, uh, I don't expect him to have just, you know, he's a busy guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he is. You yeah. know, so I, I would, I just always go to support, um, his shop, you know, and he was telling me that he, you know, because of COVID, and all the all the new restrictions like um anyways they're trying to limit the amount of shops in the store and he you know he almost got the shop taken away from him you know, you know oh, just no. i don't know the details of it but um <clears throat> but you know at the end of the day he got to keep the shop so my point is that i always wanted to go and support um our boy jason you know um and, and you know i was just i just posted a picture of a joint <laughs> that, <laughs> that i was rolling 
at his store and he was like hey man you're here he's like oh dude i'll be at the shop in, a, in like an hour man like and, and then oh, so uh, you know oh, we just man. hung out what a, a little bit what a cool guy so yeah it was, it was so cool oh i i didn't okay so in amsterdam obviously i caught up with our boy uh frankie hollywood right but uh, yes who, love guess, frankie what's up brother guess who we had uh dinner with we had dinner with laser 314 man oh no <laughs> yeah man yeah wow yeah it, it was a it was a really cool experience he was telling me about a little bit about like you know things that he was doing and uh uh you know um talking about his little dj gig we had some uh some good asian food together um yeah we nice. all went out to dinner you know and um you know it's just great because like i said to me this podcast just really brings uh, you know, street artists or just artists of all different walks of life together. And, you know, if you're listening out there right now and, uh, you know, we appreciate you, man, write us an email or just follow us on social media and sh shout out to us. And, uh, you know, cause we appreciate you guys. Yeah. And you know, if there's anyone, you know, you would like to see interviewed on our show or whatever, let us know too. Yeah, definitely. And you, you know, <clears throat> I know everybody's kind of gotten used to two shows a week and, um, you, you know, I kind of just, um, you know, we're going to, as the pandemic is opening up a little bit more, everybody has a little bit more on their plate. Um, you know, we're going to keep on doing the show um, just for your guys' enjoyment. But, uh, you know, like I said, sometimes, you know, we got other things to do, guys. Okay. We can't do two a week anymore. All right. So my bad, but we wasn't keep... like before when all Keith had to do was just <laughs> sit here and just do nothing all day, but watch the kids at the house. Exactly. Hey, actually teach you took a social media break, right? Dude, I'm telling you, that was one of the best things I could have, ever done i got back from budapest like i was saying got the kids right back into school and was just almost like ready to have a mental breakdown because i was like okay what um that was supposed to be kind of a vacation but it turned out not to be um <laughs> and so i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna take some time off here i'm gonna turn it off and i am gonna just take some naps in the afternoon and uh you know, take it easy. Yeah. And okay. I did, man. And it, yeah, that was one of the reasons why I was smiling so big and then still am and will be, man. It, it uh, <laughs> made a huge difference. And um, yeah, man, I highly recommend it for a lot of people, especially you guys that are on every day. Dude, take some time off. You know, yesterday, like Instagram and Facebook and WhatsApp was all down. I, you probably didn't even notice, bro. Like, I, I was just thinking that, you, you know what I mean? No, I was actually going to get on and uh, post something. <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? I'm like, is this mine that's fucked up? And I was like, sweetie, can you check on your and say, ah, oh, something's wrong. I was like, <laughs> <clears throat> you know what, though? It was, it was like a breath of fresh air, though, for me, man, because like, yeah um like all day like you know we have our guests for the show come up, coming up today that i'll introduce in a little bit but i was thinking like oh man i i like don't have our guests contact other than through social media like you know i mean because it's like <laughs> you know our chats are kind of like a record and then i couldn't even access the record of our chats to get his email <clears throat> you, oh you know? no so yeah. to, to me i was just thinking like man facebook like really really controls like all our communications you know what I mean? That was one thing. But also I was thinking like, man, fucking Mark Zuckerberg, this guy must be like freaking out, man. Like, <laughs> dude, you know what? I, I listened to a little bit of that, uh, whistleblower's testimony. Do you listen to any of that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, uh, well, you know, they try to take out the clip of the, the Senator or the Congressman saying like, what are you going to do to eliminate Finsta? 
Yeah, do you hear? Do you know what Finsta is? To each, just just curious. No. Finsta is uh, when you like have a fake Instagram just to kind of like peep on people to kind of like you, you know you know what I mean you have so people don't know that you're looking at their. Like stuff. I would have time for something like that. Oh <laughs> yeah, <God>. but uh, <laughs> exactly, it's called Finsta, right? So fake. Right, Instagram, I get right? it. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you know. But this congressman was like asking this lady, like, "What are you gonna do to eliminate Finsta?" <laughs> like, it was just a very comical thing to me, you know what I mean? But the crazy thing is that, um, you know, personally, this is my theory and this is, there. I have no, like, this is my conspiracy theory that, you know, Facebook and Instagram, they're trying to make something for teens, like Instagram for teens or something like that, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, we don't, we don't do any damage to uh, teens or, or like uh, women or little girls or anything like that, you, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, who put up this fucking study? Like, right? <laughs> and like, it's just, it's just like so obvious that they're like, we want to make more money. You know what I mean? It's like Instagram isn't enough. The kids getting on Instagram isn't enough. Like, uh, you know, without their parents' consent, we want to make one just specifically to target kids, man. Like, as a parent, how do you feel about that? Teach. I mean, like, whose bright idea is this? Like, what parent wants this? You, you know? What oh I mean? my. God, I just keep telling my kids about what it was like when I was their age. I'm like, this <laughs> yeah, was if, just back in my day. <laughs> back in my day, if you wanted, you know, the kids to find out about something, you had to go run around school screaming your fucking head off, or you know, holding up a picture and running around. Hey, see, look. <laughs> no, you had to. You had to. No, somebody would tell you something, and then like, oh man, like I, I have this uh, buddy. I always remember when we were elementary school. He would tell me that you know, he had a flying car at home and then his dad would uh, basically, you know, you know, have this flying car and they would go fly around the, the, the country with it on the weekends, man. And I knew he was lying, man. You know, I knew he was lying, but it's just like, there was no way to prove it back then. Like, you know what I mean? There's like, you couldn't look up whether, you know, can't do that these days. You, you know can't what I mean? do that. Like, yeah. Exactly. Oh, really? Send me a, let's see the video of it, dude, on your phone. No, let me see. You had to just believe people or be like, you know what? I don't believe you, but I'm going to walk my ass to the library and I'm going to look up an Encyclopedia Britannica, man. And then, <laughs> remember those encyclopedias? A, B, you know, you had, to, you had to know how to spell actually to, to like look up stuff too. You, you know what I mean? And you know what? In, in order to, to come upon a conspiracy theory, man, you really, really had to work hard. You know, it wasn't just flat right there in front of you on your social media or, or on your Instagram feed or some shit Wait, like that. You know, you, know? you know, there's these urban legends, right? How like, um, like, you know, I'll just name one, like, you know, Richard Gere, right? And the gerbil, right? You know what I mean? Like, there was just these things that would go around all by word of mouth. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if, you know, and then like, how did that happen? Like, you know, you couldn't confirm whether it's real or not. You know, you couldn't look that up, but you know, kids from like faraway towns would know about, you know, Richard Gere and the gerbil, like, you know what I mean? The National Enquirer, dude. That's where that <laughs> came that, from. Is that the where it National came from? Enquirer, a ah, publication. Okay, okay. okay, okay that's, that was our Instagram before, dude. You know what I mean? Like, uh, or Facebook, uh, Dark Facebook, Facebook Night, Facebook. Is that the X. same one by the by the the checker where they they like showed new pictures of Loch Ness monster too? Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all those shitty little publications right next to the checkout counter and everything. That was that was our Instagram back in the day, you know. That was uh, <laughs> or, here, or here's another one like Rod Stewart. Or that was our YouTube. Like, 
Ross Stewart had to get his stomach pumped because uh, did you hear oh yeah because he swallowed too much uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's like we're from different generations. I mean, our, <laughs> you know what I mean, and like <laughs> you know, like I'm pretty sure that the uh, National Enquirer did not start that one. Okay, that's just like an urban legend that just got. Let's, let's get a, let's talk about your your trip, dude. Well, let's talk about your trip okay. a little bit. But I do want to know a little bit more about Budapest, so feel free to chime in as uh, <clears throat> as you know as I'm talking about my trip. Okay. Okay. Um, like, you know, the smaller experiences. Uh, anyway, so I went to Amsterdam and then I've been doing this book called uh, uh, The Artist's Way. I'm not a very like follow a book kind of guy, you know what I mean? But um, one of my music production partners, he asked me to do this activity book with him called The Artist's Way. It's a book by Julia uh, Cameron. I don't know. It's pretty famous. A lot of people have heard of it. Have you heard yeah. of it? Yeah, no, I've heard about it. Yeah, I've just okay. I've never read it. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, I, I'm like not a person to do that. But you know, my boy asked me, he was like, Hey, man, I'm doing this activity book. Let's keep each other accountable. Like, would you like to do this 12 week, 12 week? Oh, thing wow. With me, right? And Sounds like just, a pretty cool fucking friend, man. That's nice. Yeah, yeah well, I, yeah, exactly. You know, and I was just like, dude, man, like, I want to do this together because you know, we're in this music fight together, man. And I want to basically just, you know, have some camaraderie too. So basically, you know what now ever since, uh, I think it's, we haven't started since we left the podcast, actually. <clears throat> it's been like 10, 11 weeks, and I haven't developed a new habit of, in the morning, I write three pages of journal every single day, okay? Yeah. And then also, um, I've uh, started the habit of doing 100 push-ups a day, okay? You know what I mean? I started off at 25, and then every single day, I incremented all the way up until I'm at 100 now, and I can do 100 push-ups easily in the morning and write three pages okay the reason i'm you don't do 100 in a row right you do like 25 25 25 or 10 10 I'm, 10, I'm, 10 i'm at i'm at 33 33 33 right now okay so Dude. so yeah <clears throat> you, you know what i mean so and the reason i'm i'm saying this is because i, I when i went to europe i was like yeah i want to be on vacation but i want to make something happen for myself as an artist too you, you know and nice. just like <clears throat> keeping that mentality because it's i wish i could do that well, you have kids, bro. Your life's, your life's over, bro. Fucking with you, bro. <laughs> Just, Just a little jealousy spatter. You know, so the reason I'm saying this is like, I, I because of this book, it kind of asks you to do like a lot of activity. Like, I'm just going to name some activities. It's like, um, you know, tell me like uh, five childhood things you wanted to buy as a kid that, um, you, you know, that you could afford now that you haven't bought it. Just like kind of like make make these activities to kind of like work through your thoughts in a sense you know, you know what i mean fire different brain synapses yeah you, you know and the reason um i'm leading to is because it, it actually led me to go to germany um i'm provoked because i was like i'm just gonna go to amsterdam and kick it because it's like my second home and uh, uh you know i just want to hang out there but i'm just gonna kind of like figure out what's going on man like i have the luxury of just like not having to go into the office every single day because everybody's working from home right now. And I'm just going to kind of just like I was just saying, like, let the wind blow wherever, you know, and I'll just be like, a, a, you know, a leaf in the wind and just kind of like see where it takes me in a sense. Nice. Right? And then so one of the things I did, man, is that I realized that Stuttgart, Germany. Have you heard of Stuttgart teach? I've been there. You've been there. Awesome. Yes, I have. So wait, when did you go? Just curious. Oh, God, dude, this was uh, two decades ago. Okay. Um, I, uh, was there for a, uh, commercial shoot. Okay. Okay. And I was, I was in Germany at the time. So that would have been 1994. 
Okay, awesome. So, I mean, if you, you know that Stuttgart is the home of Porsche, basically, right? No. Oh, you didn't know that. Okay, so you're there. Dude, for I was there for one fucking work. day doing a photo okay. shoot, you know? Yeah, Jerk yeah, off, yeah. went to bed, you know, got a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> well, the thing is, like, uh, Porsche and uh, Mercedes-Benz, I mean, they kind of have a museum there, but it's the home of Porsche, base, Porsche, basically, right? And then, so, you know, I'm a sucker for museums. I Porsche is, like, my dream car, actually, Porsche 911 Carrera, right? <clears throat> I don't I know nothing, know that. I don't know nothing about cars, man. But you know, I, I like the shape of them. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like I'm telling you right now. That, Visual. You know, Nothing's wrong with that. Yeah, I drive a Mustang right now, uh, and it's kind of looks like a little bit like a like, you know, model after a Porsche, the newest ones, you know. So anyway, so this book kind of pushed me to, uh, you know, go and just chase your dreams in a sense, right? And then I was th as I was writing this book, or the the activities in this book, I realized I'm like. If you go down to the Porsche, muse Porsche Museum, you can actually rent a Porsche for the day and drive it around Germany in the Autobahn where there's no speed limit <laughs> on the freeway. And then you can just go with work. what driver's license? Well, uh, 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 with the, you know, American driver's license, international driver's license, basically. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, man. Okay. So, like, you guess guess what your boy did okay, i went and oh. fucking drove my dream car okay and it was it was it was amazing man like in you know <clears throat> here i got a little video of it i'm just gonna bring it up real quick because oh, uh yeah it was yeah i made a little you know on today you gotta make a video or else it didn't happen these days right of course video it posted <laughs> Nice. I don't get pulled from YouTube, so I don't. I'm gonna turn off the music. But check this out, right, man. Right. It was a Porsche 911 convertible, man. I kind of oh. documented the whole experience, and then uh, uh, you know, just uh, it was amazing, man. It was a dream come true, literally. You know, and then check this out. How man, fast like, did you take that thing? Dude, I took it um, 196 kilometers, basically, which is, what is that? um, that's, that's around one, 118, 119 Ooh, uh, miles an hour. That's pretty fast, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. It's I hard mean, to tell the difference between 100 and 150. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in that car, um, it's just like, I'm not, like I said, I'm not really like a, oh, yeah, like cool water intake and the air and air cooling. I don't know about that stuff. Okay. You know what I mean? But Neither do I. Yeah. But, you know, but I know it's a fucking cool car. <laughs> it was a badass car. Man. And the convertible. I realize I'm like, man, next car I got, I'm going to get, I got to get a convertible, dude, because we're, we live in Southern California, man. It never rains. The sun's always out. Like, you know, it would be the place to take advantage of a convertible, even though it's, you know, I don't know. It's a little bit douchey, I guess, but uh, whatever. <laughs> why you gotta douche yourself out like that man well you know i, I think so the haters man i know what they're thinking you know so fuck them <clears throat> fuck the haters sir once you get to be my age maybe you need to get a few more years on you just to get to where you're like you know what you're right i really don't give a don't fuck, give a fuck about them <laughs> fuck yeah so they're not gonna be in the car with you or you know who gives a shit so i mean so i mean it was so cool because i literally drove nine hours down to stuttgart from amsterdam my rental car was a BMW 1 Series, right? Which was Ooh, just, nice. just amazing because it's like, 
that's just a normal car in Europe. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's a Ford over there. Yeah. <clears throat> it's know, a Ford Escort. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, dope. So, you know, um, just, just for the car guys out there, I don't know how many car artists people we have, but there could be some. <clears throat> it's just like, I realized that my Mustang's handling was actually quite good. And um, uh, it was quite good. And then, uh, uh, you know, like I said, I quite enjoyed it, man. Um, hold on real quick. Uh, also, I also went to this library, man. I, I just want to show you. It's a Stuttgart library. And I made a little video, too. Um, just real quick. So check this out. This library is very beautiful. Oh, God. It looks like an MC Escher drawing. That seriously looks like an MC Escher drawing. That one shot. Yeah. Ahead. yeah. So cool. So, I mean, it's pretty cool because it's just like a few German library. I mean, like it was totally modeled after MC Escher, basically. And, uh, you, you know, I just made a little cool video of this, man. And uh, like I said, you know, whenever I wow. travel, man, I like to just go to cool little spots like this, you know, because in Germany, they have they have so much culture, man. Like, um, nice. but, you know, the the the. the uh, you know, for me, German food's just okay. Like, you know what I mean? We got your sausages, yeah. right? No, it's you know? not great. <laughs> <laughs> How was the food in Budapest, man? Yeah, it's it was okay, great. right? Yeah. <laughs> A lot, did you eat the foie gras? No. No. Okay. Never, never made it to the foie gras. Okay. You know, like you know, I think goulash is like Budapest, like Hungarian goulash is like their main thing, which is like kind of like a peasant stew almost, right? So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But <clears throat> okay, so. I want to oh, I did. Uh, I did pull uh, a knife on a guy over there. Wait, what? <laughs> okay, you can't just casually mention that, dude. What the hell? You said to mention little things when they come up or whatever. I just I don't okay. Know why so that what, came what up. the hell happened? Is this a scene <laughs> from the movie or no? No, no. Um, I uh, so Linux got obsessed with skateboarding when he was over there. He did a little bit when he was here, but never really obsessed on it. When he got over there, he started obsessing on it. So I took him to the skate park and actually the director of photography, um, Kevin Hayden, um, said that he would meet us there and kind of show Lennox how to do a couple of tricks and, you know, help him get going. And the skate park in, in Budapest is um, right next to a big Ferris wheel and, uh, you know, kind of in the middle of town. Um, but there are some sketchy uh, people about. Uh, a couple of homeless people, but a couple of other people that do just was there graffiti in the skate in the skate park, or was it pretty clean? Dude, there's graffiti everywhere there. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Um, but uh, so at one point I was going through a mall and I saw this store called Army, and um, so I go in there because I saw a couple of knives, and they actually had real switchblades, like. The kind that if you put it up to someone, kind. it'll go. No, oh, no, not oh. better. No, the oh, kind that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm not yeah, talking yeah. about the butterfly. I'm talking about the switchblade that, like a stiletto, okay, the kind that would actually yeah. go through somebody. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's legal over there. You know what I mean? So I got one and I kept it with me every single day that I was there, that I was walking around that city uh, with my kids. And so we were at the skate park one day and, um, this uh, homeless guy um, who said he used to be a circus performer um, and with gymnastics um, started giving my kids some advice on how to skateboard or whatever, right? And then he kind of started getting a little bit too, you know, 
comfortable. Yeah. And, and so I was like, okay, yeah, we're out of here, you know, see ya. And so the next day I was having to do some work and um, we actually had a, a couple of nannies that uh, worked for us when we were both busy. And so the nanny took them back to the skate park and able to get, evidently this guy, you know, just kind of took full reign over my kids and was just being way too involved with them. Thought the nanny was like my wife or something like that. So you need to get her this type of, oh, my, my daughter, I took a video of this girl that was doing some amazing rollerblading in the um, skate park, showed it to my daughter. She decided she wanted to try that. And so she got obsessed with rollerblading. So this guy started telling the kids, you know, she needs to get this, she needs to get that, you know, and he just basically sketching them out and they left, you know? Yeah. So the next day I went back down there with them and the dude comes walking up again and starts, to, you know, and I'm like, Hey, Hey, listen, you do not talk to him or her or me. Okay. Chill. And then, so I was like, Shit. <laughs> <laughs> dude he's a, he's do you have a problem fuck. with that yeah i pulled the knife i was like Shh. he was like okay no these are the rules these are the rules okay it's, it's okay these are the rules these are the rules you know and a little bit later a little bit later uh this is after we'd been there for like you know i think about three weeks three or four weeks maybe and um <laughs> one of the other guys that was there that was kind of like one of the regulars um we, we became regulars dude i was hanging there almost every day um came over very very cool guy and he's like hey you know let, let us know if you need any help uh with that guy and i showed him my knife right quick and i'm like no I'm, I'm i'm good with this guy you know don't, don't worry about it but thank you thank you very much very kind of you they were very cool they were very they were so cool about helping my kid learn how to skateboard you know so i got great things to say about you know certain hungarians man they were awesome um you know, uh, one, okay, so the graffiti, um, dude, it blew my mind how much they would write on old buildings. Like, uh, one of the castles, um, they had, you know, done graffiti on the side of the fucking castle. Um, and the funny thing is, um, it's been there for years. Some of the graffiti has been there for decades. Yeah, it's kind there's of weird when no, people write it on the castle, though, right? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, you know, really, there's not enough other buildings. You can't, like, you know, your, your ego is so bad. You got to have that, really. Um, but there's no uh, law like they have in here in L.A. that you get fined if you don't clean it off. So that's why it stays. Now, I did do <laughs> a piece while I was over there. Did I send that to you? Um was um it's uh <laughs> basically when i was over there um of all people tucker carlson decided to do a couple of shows in, or a week of shows in budapest <laughs> and he's got to be one of my least favorite of all time okay this guy is responsible for more deaths and more problems and more you know Here, he wants to run division uh, yeah, sure. Why not? So for those of you who are just uh, listening, um, basically what I did is I did a, a, an illustration um, and it has Rupert Murdoch, who is the owner of Fox, uh, you know, Fox News, Fox Channel. 
and um, he's in a suit and I've got him kind of leaning over a little bit with his hand, like holding his back, like his back hurts. And then sticking out of his uh, pants in the back is Tucker Carlson. Yeah, that's um, one of your uh, signature styles coming, <laughs> just like the Donald Trump coming out of the donkey's ass. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I guess that's kind of, there's a little similarity there. Um, now, the one that I actually did in Budapest, it just said down at the bottom, get that Tucker removed. Um, <laughs> nice little pun. But um, the one that I did for over here, it says, at the top it says, hey, Rupert. And then down at the bottom it says, get that Tucker removed. Now, what happened over in Budapest was, originally I just went down with a spray paint can, and there's these big round, um, like, advertising poles where they put posters on them, right? And down at the bottom there's about, three or four feet that's just blue okay and so i took a white spray paint can i went <laughs> down right near this area called heroes square on Andrasi, which is a very diplomatic i mean there's a bunch of embassies along this street and then heroes square is like this big you know uh statue and it's kind of like a, a monument type area whatever and so i went down there and and I, first i just wrote with the spray can um you know, shut the tuck up and go home, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> and dude, when I was walking home from that, a cop passed me in a car. I was walking back the, down to Andrasi in, in this car, it passed me and then it slowed down. And then it kind of like made a turn and I was like, oh fuck. So I made a cross, went across the street, went down some side streets and didn't go back down that street. Um, and it was funny because I had just gotten through written that. I was like, man, that was kind of easy. And I might write this other spot that I saw too. And then that happened. I was like, no, no, I'm going straight home. Cause that's, I cannot be fucking up over there, dude. Hey, you don't want to be in a fucking Hungarian prison, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. And it's authoritarian rules over there, dude. You know, and plus we're trying to film a movie. Like what happened? Yeah. What happened to our artist? <laughs> what what happened to our graffiti artist? Oh, he got... <laughs> He got arrested for doing graffiti. For graffiti. No <laughs> um, so that was still there for like a couple of days. And so um, I just, I didn't feel vindicated quite yet until I did that illustration. I see. And so I did an illustration and then that illustration, it was, you know, pretty, pretty big. It was like three feet by four feet, cut it out and then went down there with some spray because I couldn't find any fucking paste to use over here. So I just got some, some spray uh, adhesive permanent went down there and spray i didn't i didn't post this up by the way because i couldn't if if uh yeah, yeah i just yeah. had to be well, careful i was over there but here's yeah. the thing dude I'm i put it don't up get tagged in, in the i put it no 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 i put it up at about it was about 12 30 in the morning or so maybe one o'clock we just gotten home from doing uh doing one of the um some filming as a matter of fact <laughs> and by later that morning, it was 11 o'clock actually when we drove back by um, and I was Buff. being taken to one of the spots and they had already buffed it. Damn. <laughs> all kinds of graffiti all over the place, okay? <laughs> on almost every single building, okay? Yeah. Maybe right. not on all the homes, but every single building, office building, whatever, there's some graffiti, okay? I put this one little thing up and it's gone <laughs> within monster. got it man i mean dude no i think it was because tucker was still there 
And, they didn't and that was a main area, you know, and they just maybe want to make sure that he didn't see it. And because I didn't put, you know, uh, hey, Rupert up at the top, I'm guessing that even though it looks nothing like um, Victor Orban, you know what I mean? The, uh, the guy over there um, looks nothing like him. He does have kind of gray hair and it looks like, I mean, a really horrible, horrible rendition of Victor Orban, maybe. Saying. So maybe they thought it was Victor Orban with Dr. Carlson coming out of his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, dude, man, I'm glad you got to, I'm glad you got to uh, at least do a little bit out there. You, you know what I mean? It's good. Yeah. And I stopped with that because I figured, you know what? I mean, I did like a couple of dog stencils, but that was it. And the cat stencil, um, in the um, Griffin stencil with the, oh, that was actually kind of funny. Um, okay, so one more little story. Um, <laughs> um, the, uh, the lead, Edward Philippona, he's supposed to be a graffiti artist, right? And I think I already told you guys about how I took him out over here and down to MRG Gallery and had Michael come out and freak us out that, you know, he was trying to bust us or something like that. It was fucking <laughs> hilarious because, you know, Edward had no idea what was going on. He went speeding off in his, in his Land Rover and freaking out and everything. <laughs> this dude is a champ dude let me just tell you he is a champ because once he got there he got in touch with me got to budapest he's like hey man um can we head out and maybe do a little spray spray you know a little practice before i get going with the with the filming i'm like yeah <laughs> um the wife's like keith just you know don't don't you know just please be careful i'm like i already got a spot picked out i think it's you know it's good i don't worry about it and so when I picked him up that night, um, he's like, yeah, I saw a couple of areas back here. There's like some dark corners and areas back in this way. And I'm like, no, we're going over here. It's right next to the main street. And, and see, <laughs> I, I, I would much rather do, um, instead of doing a bunch of pieces that not many people see, what you want to do is you want to do one piece that everybody sees, okay? <laughs> so it was right next to one of these busy streets and I just you know taped it up and just started telling them so this is how you start okay and now if someone comes walking up just you know tell them something like hey you know the, the lady the lady who owns this building because that's all you know you don't say a guy you say a lady it always like oh okay they know a lady it's a lady you know so they must know this lady that owns this building I met her and she you know she's got all this graffiti on her I told her that's far where she says come down here and put something up so that's you know what we're doing here okay He's like, oh, okay, yeah. And, you know, there's people walking by and everything. And at one point, this guy walks by and he's like, oh, this is graffiti, you know, what this is. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not graffiti. This is street art. What? Yeah, look, look at this piece. Oh, well, yeah, this is nice, yeah, this is okay. This is art, okay? This is not graffiti. There's a difference. Yeah, okay. And he walks on, right? <laughs> This other guy walks up who I thought was going to bust us. It was a black guy and he had some big old dreads like yeah. coming out like this. Looked like a little bit like Basquiat. Basquiat. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Or Jay-Z nowadays. He comes walking up like this and he's like, hey guys, um, do, uh, do you know? And I thought he was going to say, do you know the person who owns this building? Or you know, do you have permission? I, I, it was that kind of like yeah, perfect yeah. English, you know, kind of like I know you guys are doing something wrong here and I'm going to have to, you know a costume or doing that type of a you know and he's like do you guys know where i can find some weed <laughs> 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 like 
but then I almost got immediately offended because I was like, what? Like, we're fucking, we look like we smoke weed just because we're doing graffiti or something? <laughs> Probably. What are you looking like, you know, fuck I, you. We're, <laughs> we're artists over here doing some artwork. We're not fucking drug addicts or some shit. Like, no, I don't. No, I don't know where you can find some weed, dude. Sorry. You know? <laughs> That's so funny, man. <laughs> So okay, uh, I want to tell you about France too because uh, it's yeah, really yeah, a yeah, good yeah. lead-in for our for our guest, man. <clears throat> Let me tell you, something, man. Nice. Um, our app, okay. Through all my travels, I've kind of just like I don't know. I just didn't. Whenever I went to France, I always just didn't have enough time to. I knew it would take a little while to like really, really soak soak in the French culture. I don't want to be like one of those guys who goes to Paris, visits the Eiffel Tower, eats a baguette. You know what I mean? Goes to the Louvre and then says he wants to France, went to France. You know what I mean? Like that's not that's not like that's not like the French experience. You know what I mean? So I was like, I'm gonna spend two weeks in France, man. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So I spent a week in Paris, like I, I, in different areas of the city, basically. And you know what, man? I literally fell in love with France, man. Like the French basically are one of the great cultures of the world for sure that's how i feel you, you know what i mean yeah and, um, food and everything yeah yeah i mean you know we, i think that a lot of times as americans we think that we get our heritage from uh the uk but like i just saw like the fanciest of our stuff in america kind of comes from a lot of the french culture man like it, it, you know the fine dining when we we imagine going to like a fancy restaurant i mean just like things in disneyland whenever you're walking around i mean they're model oui oui c'est va s'il vous plaît s'il vous plaît yeah exactly you know and you that's know, all for, the french i know you know Undo <laughs> whatever <laughs> the, the, the the whole time i was in france honestly man a lot of times people complain about the french being rude Maybe it's because of the pandemic or whatever. They didn't have a lot of visitors. It was like barely. <laughs> Everyone's a little different nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, actually, I want to talk about the, the pandemic. But um, <clears throat> but uh, see, the whole time I didn't really meet anybody that was rude, man. Everybody was very helpful. And, Were you quiet? Uh, Were you loud and obnoxious? <laughs> I was like, France, I'm here, France. <laughs> you know, like, they don't like loud, obnoxious people like I was when I was there when I was young. Oh, so okay, if, you're, okay. if you're quiet and cool, I'm sure they're very nice. Well, yeah, okay. So, what I did was I spent a week in Paris and then I drove up to uh, Rouen. Have you heard of the city? Rouen, <laughs> it's in Normandy, actually. And uh, you, how is you know, that spelled? I think it's like R. Oh, let me see, Rouen, followed by like R -O -U -E -N. seven letters. U E N. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's barely a. Uh, yeah, it's like very nasal. <laughs> Actually, so I mean, that's where Joan of Arc. I didn't know too much about Joan of Arc, but I, you know, I went to the cathedral that, like, uh, you know, she she was like basically wrongfully convicted of being like a witch or something. Uh, to be honest, it, it, the the charge against her was so ancient that I didn't even really understand, like you know something about wearing men's clothing like you know she's like the moulin of france basically that that's how i kind of saw it ah, interesting <clears throat> you know and uh so i also went to normandy to kind of go check out the um you know the utah beach uh, you know d-day kind of stuff Damn. and then i went to um i went uh to lyon which uh you know if you if you don't know about lyon it's uh you know hey, <laughs> You gotta watch the uh, YouTube guys of teaches uh, French expressions, but uh, you know, is the most Michelin star 
chefs come out of that area. There's like this city mm-hmm. is the culture of, uh, you know, Michelin star chefs, basically. And, <clears throat> you know, um, you know, the French see cooking as like a manly competition thing, like a very, very elite high art, you, you know what I mean? And I went to a, a three star Michelin restaurant, basically, uh, Paul Bocuse, basically. Anthony Bourdain calls this guy the uh, the Muhammad Ali of chefs, basically. I went to <laughs> I went to his restaurant and uh, teach. Let me just show you because this might be a little bit crazy for uh, you know. If you follow me on Instagram, you kind of already seen it. But let me let me. Okay, so th- these two dishes like changed my fucking life, man. Okay, like <clears throat> this is a this hearing is that a, come from you is yeah uh, carries a lot of weight, dude. Because you've been all fish. over the fucking world. This is the fish. And okay, what this fish dish? Uh, if you take a look at it. It has like kind of like a croissant, like a crust on the outside. Croissant? Like it, it comes out this big, okay? Like oh, on, on a silver platter right there. And it's perfect. Oh my cooked. God. He's slicing it right now with a butter knife, man. Okay. Wait, so that's like a pastry? It's a pastry oh, on the God. outside of the fish, basically. <clears throat> oh okay. my God. So I, I mean, understand I mean, now. Dude, this honestly, man, this meal literally changed my fucking life, man. Okay, like. I, I, it's like, now I understand. It's like, dude, for a Michelin star, three star is basically, it's worth it to go visit this restaurant just for the sake of visiting this town, basically, you know? So that and two wow. star means it's good for a detour. And one star is, this is a good restaurant. And I don't know if you know that Michelin is basically like a tire company, right? It's like a French tire. Yeah. yeah and then, so their whole thing was like, Hey, like, let's list the, um, the places that it's worth it for your tires to go basically right so that's how the whole like michelin ah, okay i didn't know that and then so anyways this fish was amazing man but check this out so there's another i got this dish okay and then i also got another dish that was uh um it's called breasty chicken um basically this is like the rolls royce of chicken breasty chicken like it's got big breasts um not so much big breasts but breasty b-r-e-s-s-e <clears throat> chicken oh, okay. it's from this region of leon basically think organic to the max man they care about every they let them run around you know in the green field. little massages every day <laughs> no, I, I give them like special kind of feed you know so the chicken is really, time to rip really, your head off <laughs> really really um just like full of uh, uh full of like um uh flavor you, you know what i mean so all right i go um so check this out so they cook it in a veal's bladder okay it's so what oh, the hell wow. right okay but oh my it's a god very old technique okay they cook it and they stew it like a balloon a, looks like a damn balloon looks like a balloon basically right okay and then so they stuff truffles underneath and then they kind of like stew it in uh you know a, a sauce basically that has uh wow. um i'm getting hungry dude you know they slice it and it was amazing man and you know, so check this out. This is what I was thinking at the end of the day. You know, the French, they really, really emphasize um, in their culture, you should enjoy your life, right? Wouldn't you say so? You know, like Europeans in, in general, much more than Americans. Maybe not so much Germ- Germans. They, they don't emphasize yeah. that. They're, they emphasize yeah. discipline and teamwork. Bust ass. Get it yeah, fucking done. Exactly, right? You know, I just thought of it. I was just like, you know, Americans, like, you know, we like to have fun, but it, a lot of times it's in a competitive way. Like, you know what I mean? And, you know, the French, I think it's like just like built in their culture that it's like, hey, you know, they have like some of the best weather there, too. Right. I went down to Saint-Tropez to like hang out in the south of France, too. You know what I mean? So I really, really soaked in 
the French culture, man. <laughs> okay. Nice. You know what I mean? And I was just like having a blast, man, which, uh, you know, our guest is here today, man. Uh, you know, he goes, nice. he's a French street artist, basically. And then he goes by AO, but uh, his actual pronunciation is. Uh, Artiste ouvrier. Artiste ouvrier. Wow. <laughs> Artiste ouvrier. Basically, I, I can't speak French <laughs> with anything, okay? But, uh, I'm going to have him pronounce it for me. I, uh, I read it. I thought it was like au revoir or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and let him in today, but I'm really excited to talk to him today. He's a, uh, you know, master stencil artist from Paris, man, and uh, he knows all the old school heads. Like, uh, so I can't wait to talk to him, all right? Nice. Hello. Hey. Hey. Can you hear us okay, Yo? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. 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 It's wonderful nice. to see your face, man. Hey. A wonderful yeah. smile, too, man. Good Welcome to the show, right man. I love it. Uh, I was just yeah, introducing to see you. I was just introducing you, man. I was just speaking so highly about the French culture, man. I was saying that, you know, French. And then he tried to pronounce your name. <laughs> and uh, there was a problem. Could you please pronounce your name for us? Uh, Artiste Ouvrier. Ouvrier. Oh, that's just sexy, what? man. Like, you, you know, the so French much... accent is so sexy, man. That, that's, that's all I'm saying, <laughs> man. Like, it was... <laughs> well, I hope because I won't get rid of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> not anytime soon. No, no, never. Like, I... It, it'll be tough. It'll be tough to get rid of. You know, you know, I was just saying that, you know, Americans, we pronounce France, France. You, you know what I mean? And, you know, in France, they, you know, the French, France, Francais. You know, it's just like just so, France, so much yes. sexier. You, you, you know what I wait, mean? Wait, like, where, where, are you, uh, where are you joining us from today? Uh, I'm in Silver Lake in my studio, but it's a mess right now because I'm renovating. Oh. Uh, it's a mess. Uh, yeah. How long you... Uh, yeah, it's, you, it's a mess. Uh, I can show you quickly, but it's a big mess because uh, <laughs> actually it's a, it's a garage. And uh, dude, it looks better than my studio does right now, and I'm not renovating. Okay, I'm sure it looks better than a lot of artists' studio that aren't. Renovating. Well, it's better now because we are, we are building some boxes under the house, and then I can have the garage. The garage is narrow and a bit long, but I mm -hmm. when I brought back all my stuff from uh, Normandy, where I had my uh, house and studio, it oh, wow. was it was like packed. I mean, uh, oh. you could, I had a small corridor and I could go to the small room there, but like it was really with my stencil, like holding like this. And uh, of course, I put the stencil at the very end. So I could hardly work. And now we're building some, some boxes under the, the house and it's, uh, it's working very well because I can stuff a lot of stuff here and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a, a, a real studio to work. But otherwise, I paint outside. So uh, my first studio was like 12 square meters. So... Uh, it was packed and I was uh, spraying uh, outside, you know, so I spray only work on nice days, which is not a problem in, uh, in Silver Lake now, is it? No, well, when you cut what is good in L.A., I really appreciate that because I used to work in a very cold and, uh, um, you know, f uh, f um, very wet cave in Hamburg, you know, like without a uh, heater or nothing. So we had like big... <laughs> Uh, wait, 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 wait. Where, where was this? Where was this? In Hamburg. Hamburg is north of Germany. 
Oh yes, I've actually been to Hamburg. I did. <laughs> I spent a few months there doing some. I was a model for a catalog for you know clothing oh. and stuff like that. It's very embarrassing, but I, <laughs> it's beautiful, beautiful. I, I no idea there's so many canals in Hamburg, like yeah. more than Venice, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, um, it's, so it's, you're in Hamburg in a cave now? <laughs> yeah, it was my one of my studio because I'm talking about my ex studio. But uh, right now it's cool in LA anyway. It's like I can work like outside in a short and a t-shirt or even like. I, I cut my stencil outside, you know? We're spoiled out here in L.A., huh? All <laughs> year. Like, even in, even in winter, I put a little jacket and I'm good, you know? Like, uh, <laughs> I, I used to work also in squat in Paris. We didn't have, like, uh, it was uh, cold, uh, hot water or whatever, in Paris, you know? it rains a lot, though. Oh. When I was there, it rained, like, really, really heavy. And, uh, it, it, you know, like, it could get a little bit humid. So, I mean, L.A. still humid. has... LA still has like better weather, but I mean, like you guys can have plants there that you don't need to water. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So wait, I mean, how long have you? How long have you been in uh, in Los Angeles or in California or America? Oh, one year actually. So oh, I came a year. No one look at him. Look at him. He still got sparkles on him and everything. He's still happy, and that's why. That's why. No, like uh, it's 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 like you know, uh, for me, like California. Like when I think about it, my uh, my uh, current uh, exhibition is about California dreaming, because when I think about it, I have a lot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you for the. Uh, yeah, it's Athens <laughs> Agari and. Uh, for those of you who are just listening, uh, James is holding up a. Uh, I guess that is from your latest show. Where is the? Uh, it's six sixteen. Tell us about it. Six sixteen South La Brea. And uh, it's, uh, it's my wife, Gary, actually. We came here uh, together with a project, but she represents a lot of contemporary artists, so I'm a little bit of an exception. She's not into street art too much. She's uh, interesting for me because I'm always like on the edge anyway. So yeah, we arrived like, one cool. year ago, but we came two years ago to prepare the sheet, and it's been very difficult to come here. It's only because uh, my wife is a wire, and she has an American kid is a special need, and is 20 years old. So now he's surfing very well. We're super happy to be in California for him because he hardly speaks, but when he does, it's in English, you know? So oh, okay. in American English. So even in Paris, he was always a bit lost, like already he's autistic and then everybody speaks French, you know? But here, like, okay. he's, he's blooming, you know? So that, that's for him, the project. But uh, yeah, uh, of course, like, it's not because I just arrived and again, I'm going to see how difficult his life here. I know, like, I've seen with my own eyes, it's the same... I would say the same shit everywhere. Actually, it's everywhere. But dude, but if you've been in Paris, then you can handle it. I mean, Paris is super tough. Like sometimes, like I've been living in Ethiopia also, like uh, half of the year for ten years, and uh, like uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I live in India also for like I wow. spent ten winters in India, and uh, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! Okay, you spent ten winters in India. Does yeah. that mean you were just there in the winter and you left or you were there for 10 years? No, like, you know, like the winter is very nice in India, like uh, December, Jan, like uh, March begins to be very hot. But uh, then it's better to be in Europe for uh, the summer time, you know. So right. uh, I, I never left my, uh, at this time I had a, a studio in Normandy at the Indian time. So... So I kept that and I was doing six months, six months, but I just realized uh, six, okay. months, I six months in France, I, I realized because people are, are uh, you know, we were on social media anyway. So if you go to India, they all start to fantasize. Like even when I went to LA, everybody was like, oh yeah, he goes to LA now, he's going to be. 
like it's tough man like i have to start from zero it's not because you're in l.a that everything happens magically you know but yeah. the customers they dream a little bit about it so california dreaming it's all about uh not mm, the like expectation the, not the expectation because expectation illusion uh yeah no it's about reality but it's about the reality of dream because no matter what even if you live in the misery or whatever there's, there's a lot a of expectation and illusion out here that is for sure <laughs> yeah no there's always a moment when you live in misery that you have joy with the other kids playing outside or like singing or like eating meat like once in a in a year or whatever so there's always a moment uh for that you know so so there's a moment for dream as well so being here for all this project, family project, like uh, artistic project, like but uh, yeah, I live. I left all my friends in the middle of the COVID. We can meet people, but still at night you dream, you know. So when you wake up, one morning I, I woke up and I, I drew two waves, and uh, I, I admire your work very well. I came to see you, teacher, because like uh, you're kind of. Yeah, like, I remember meeting uh, you in the in the um, I guess the thing yard. Yeah, thank and you very what, much what for I coming like, to that. What I like the most in what you do is that you, you draw amazingly and then you cut uh, what you drew. But like, I, I know some people who do that in France, but usually it's uh, very much uh, more simple, you know, you, you, you draw super well. So for, Thank for, you for, very much. No, no, hey. I, I mean, it, it makes like all... Uh, when, did, when did you get started uh, basically doing art? I mean, when did you realize, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a fucking artist? No, like uh, the, the, not a the fucking story. artist, but I'm sorry. When did you no, realize? No, no, hey, I, I, I like art. Artist. Exactly. You know, like <laughs> I, I used to say, my name is Artist Rouillet and fuck off. That was my motto. You know, I was living in squat, and and my anarchist friends they were like, "Wow, what is that for stencil?" I've been working seven years in the nineties with stencil, but I was in techno. I was many things. I never. Wait, tell tell I me a little, Let's stop a little Ooh, bit about the techno scene because, yeah. like, I didn't know that about. You know, I'm a DJ, right, basically, and, uh, you know, I'm a music producer, too, right? So in the 90s, man, I mean, this was the first wave of, like, the techno movement in Europe, basically, right? So Well, uh, yeah, well, I met older people who were early, early, uh, in 19, 1990. Like Kraftwerk like people? They, they used to tell me, oh, it's the end, it's the cue of the comet, you know, it's already gone. <laughs> and They always say that. Every generation yeah. says that. That's so yeah. funny. No, but, yeah, but that... But I, I witnessed the uh, arrival of the Spiral Tribe in, in Paris, where they blew everything. I was at the beginning of the art course, art course story. I was, I was already at the end of techno, and very uh, after 93, it split into trance, jungle, uh, nice. breakbeat, uh, uh, hardcore, uh, softcore, or like uh, uh, breakcore, or like harshcore, or whatever. And so everybody split. So the magic didn't last for long. Mm. But it's consistent of who I am and why in the year 2000, I decided actually to, uh, to, uh, to stop. I didn't stop writing right away. I had a perpetual company that was still playing my stuff, but I was not earning my life. So basically, I was fed up to be an artist forever because I printed my first poems, like classic poems. I was 15, you know. So my first play, I was 17. I was played in the, in the college, Whoa. you know. The, so I was a writer. Wait, I'm sorry. You know, did you say you wrote a play at the age 17? Oh no, yeah, but at 17, that was maybe my, my fifth or my sixth, but that, that's the one we, I, I, we played two of them like uh, in, in the night, uh, 89. I'm a writer, I, I, I admire painting and I, I admire people like you and I'm not a uh, 
if if I were a football player, I would not be Messi. Like uh, I don't have a, a gift. I would be Ronaldo. Like there's a dumb guy working so hard, you know. And uh, because like painting for me, it's magic. You know, I always admire. I love painting. I always went to museum. But I was a writer, like poetry, theater, even script. I had even a, a, a prize for a script, but I never shoot. I never had the opportunity to shoot it because. It was about a guy in Ethiopia who died. So I almost like I had a, a, a published um, a script, uh, like a comics book with a professional uh, drawer. She was amazing. And uh, at the last moment, it didn't work. So my life is a, is a, is a only failure and failure and failure. Oh. I mean, like, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to come yeah. back to that. My, uh, my wife um, just got through uh, filming a movie in, uh, over in Budapest. And so... Um, you know, if there's some stuff that you've written, um, you know, I'm sure she might want to take a look at it at some point. Well, it's written in French, but like I... I My I wife think, speaks French. It, oh, yeah. Because I, actually, I had an American friend. He was an actor in uh, 97 now in Squat. It's still... Uh, I was not... I was already... And actually, the lead, the lead actor in her movie that she just did, Edward Philippone, uh French. He speaks French. Yeah. So, so no, actually, it's a, it's a play we played in a squat in Paris in '97. It was "Shall we shoot Bill Gates?" What, what do you mean? Squat? Wait, what I'm sorry. Shall we shoot what? Bill Gates. You know, Bill Gates. Bill Gates. And and nobody knew about him. He was seventh uh, wealth in the world, and I knew like because I was interested in. Uh, I, I studied philosophy for a long time, actually. After. Uh, well, I stopped, I worked, and then I, I studied again. And I was working about, like, you know, the, the, the language, like Anglo-Saxon philosophy, and like, uh, but also, like, all the speech you have around technology. Even in science fiction, Isaac Asimov, he was only there to, to, to tell you robots are your friends. No, <laughs> like, robots are not friends or not, not friends. They are just robots. It's different. But once they take over, it's going to be, I mean, we see it now, like it's dangerous. But he was there to say no story. Tomagoshi, you remember the Tomagoshi? I do remember. Yes. It was like a little toy that you kept in your pocket and then you had to feed it. And then like uh, you had to, like take out its like, you know, bathroom stuff. Basically it was like a kind of like a toy pet, right? Inside and your pocket. And it was to use, it was not to pet. Uh, if I, if it was not for us to pet something. It was for the thing to pet us. Oh. And, and it was to get yeah, us basically. used to have like some like the fucking iPhone now. We all have a Tomagoshi, you know. We were laughing about the geek who played Tomagoshi, but now we are all, uh, oh. yeah, uh, having a, a love relationship with a Tomagoshi, which is our, our iPhone, you know. Like yes, uh, right. You know, yesterday, yesterday, social media was out for a little bit, right? And I just felt so relieved, man. I was, you know what I mean? Yesterday, Facebook was down. I couldn't talk to anybody. Nobody could talk to me. And I was just like, actually, like, it felt like a breath of fresh air, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, ah, there's no competition right now going on online. And then, like, uh, I don't feel, you know, inadequate <laughs> as, like, I'm not, as I'm looking at other people's happy times. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what, that's what social or media slender is. figures and looking young and pretty and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold on. So, so I want to get back to, Ayo, I want to get back to your history because you have a long history that, Man, uh, wow. in the French scene. Been and, through a like, bunch of different lives. There's some. No, I was into underground basically uh, for, for, for many years. And in 2000, I came back from one year in a row in Ethiopia. That changed my life. 
and that, that would change the next 10 years actually. Sorry, one year where? Like Ethiopia? Ethiopia. Okay, okay. I was speaking the language and I did poetry in cabaret for 10 years with a single string violin. It's a, it's a crazy story. But um, I went on TV many times there because like, and I did even Amazing, a I did okay. a stance exhibition and the journalists were like, oh, uh, Petros, because Pierre is like Petros, yeah, they're like, oh, you do also painting. <laughs> like for them, it was, uh, it was funny. But uh, anyway, well, you're, you're, you're a pure artist, man. I mean, you, you do many, many different disciplines, basically, man. I feel like, you know, in, a, in, in like a French society, I feel like they encourage artists a little bit more. Like, no, 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 no. Like, you don't think we always say in England is better because you can be a very good uh, guitar player and you repair electricity and like is a way, you know, you can present your card and say, I'm an electrician and I'm a guitarist, you know, no problem. But in France, you have to specialize. So uh, that was a little bit of my problem that I was doing too many things at the same time, you know, like uh, I had a perpetual company for a while, but then in 2000, after one year in Ethiopia, I came back, I had a total different mindset. You know, I've seen misery, I've seen like ancient culture, I've seen like so many things. So, um, Actually, uh, I started to look for a job. It was difficult, I had no flat and everything. So I had a job as a cook. I was working like a lot of hours a day. I was like walking back like for uh, one hour, by f walking back to the suburban. It was like oh. very hard. And, uh, this is in Normandy? No, it was in Paris. Like everybody <laughs> was in Paris after an IT. But the, the, to long story short, like I, I started to specialize in, uh, in, in stencil. Because I had my old stencils, it was one of my hobby, you know, just for mm -hmm. me. I made one exhibition in 95, and I didn't attend the vernissage opening. There were a lot, there was like, a, even techno live, there was like a mosaic, there was like video, fractal, all kind of art were represented, and I was representing stencil. And I didn't attend because I took a flight to Toulouse, where, well, where my favorite hardcore DJ playing, and it was a air riser. Party. Ah. <laughs> In a, nice. a cutting. Uh, what was his name? Air Riser. You know, Ed like Riser, a, a okay. horror movie. And it was like, you had like, uh, it was unbelievable. Like, I don't regret to go there. But uh, I joined all my friends. They, they, they drove there. But I was supposed to stay in Paris for my opening. And I say, you know, like, forget about it. I take a plane. <laughs> because I was young enough. You had 50% in the plane or whatever. But uh, in 95, I didn't attend my exhibition. And 2000, my friend was still talking to me about my stencil from that time. So I start to work like five hours a day, like in the morning. And then I run to the subway. And I, uh, at this time, I still have a subway. I go to work as a restaurant and I come back working. That for uh, almost two years. And then in my kitchen, I receive a phone call like that I had like 4,000 bucks for a script I wrote about my Ethiopian stuff. And, uh, and also I presented like uh, 12 drawers in a, in a bar, in a restaurant, like a kind of gangster restaurant a little bit like Algerian, like he was having that, like you're afraid to go in, in it if you don't know, in Belleville. <laughs> and uh, they were doing like rock concert and whatever. So I exhibited there at the same time and I sold one drawer 900 euro, which was like nice. my salary for a month. Nice. And so I told my boss to fuck off actually. <laughs> and I never had the boss ever, ever since. Nice. So, nice. But this is not me. Like, this is like literally uh, my friends telling me, like, well, what did you do? Like, uh, your stencil and you sell them five, 500 bucks because it's rising now. And, and it, it was still, uh, you know, like what happened in the 90s, like all the urban artists, I would say, the painter in the street, 
they were suddenly like uh, under tsunami of tag. And then people started to say like, this is tag. So whatever you, oh. paint, you used to paint like, for, like uh, nobody bothers you. If, if they bother you is to give you money. Like, but like, and, and you know, there were a few ones they were doing what they want. There were still some uh, standstill Van Gogh in, uh, at night, but it's more like a game of a rich kid who wants to get caught. I don't know. It was not really a thing or it's, it was punk. I'm so drunk anyway, you know, like, so it, it didn't really matter, but like uh, you had some like good stencil artists in the 80s already, quite a lot, but they were not, they didn't have problem with the cops, you know. And the 90s, there were so many tags, everybody started to say, oh, this is tag. So the, the good artists who were living from it, they started to, to have problems like in the 90s, like because they were like, I mean, in the 2000s, I knew all of them. Uh, I, I, I was known in the squad, in the underground scene for many reasons. And I started to show my stencil. Everybody was like, "What's the fuck?" Because I invented the technique at this time. It was only one layer, and as many colors I want, or two layers, like I, I, two layers mainly because I still use the black layer. But like with one layer, I can paint what I want. But I worked a lot on miniatures, like uh, and I, as soon as I got, I got rid of my work, uh, my job, like as a cook, I, I could like spend like 15 hours cutting. Mm. So I did. A, I, I continue to paint on drawers because, like, I was fed up to feed my drawer with my script and like I had to play Man on Mars. Like I worked six months on it and it was totally accurate. And specialists years after read it and told me everything is accurate. And I couldn't, you know, the the the, the, the director or whatever. Like, you know, after six months he told me nobody will understand your script, but uh, you know, someone who works for the NASA. I was like, fuck off, like, even if it's like that, like three actors who speak like uh, astronaut, uh, like do it, like even if nobody understands the words, it's even better, you know? It's science fiction, it's theater, it's new. So <laughs> it, it, it took my actor and he did something else, like that cost a lot of money and he didn't earn anything. So I was fed up to work, to work actually for, for my drawer. So I started to paint the back of the drawers to say now, like I've been feeding you drawer, and he, and you're still empty. Like you, I, I put all the script in it, and it's a black hole. So now you ha you have to feed me. So for five years I was doing only drawers. Mm. And after two, after one or two years, I, of course I started to paint uh, walls in a, in the squat. And my friends were like, "Oh, you sell your stencil? You're a traitor or whatever." I was like, "What do you mean, like?" Uh, I don't have a flat. I live in a squat, like, and uh, and I want to spend all my time uh, doing my art. So I have no other. But I can paint for free if you invite me on the wall, because it's advertising in a way. What do you but mean for by me? When you live at the squat, just just uh, just can you explain that for American audiences? Like you said. Yeah. You oh. Squat. Yeah, yeah. It's very it's specific. Reclaim, reclaim, reclaimed uh, places, right? This is like a thing in France, right? I never had the balls to do it, but to open the squat myself. But okay. I was lucky enough to know, like, because of my theater scene, and to know a lot of uh, people like who would do it, and they were reclaiming like empty building. And then in winter they cannot kick you out, and if you do enough like a cultural thing, like all, all the you know, it's also part of the gentrification because if the neighbors start to come and buy things and eat at the veg, veg restaurant every Sunday. And yeah. there is a mosaic on the floor, and so it's, it's beautiful everywhere. You have like Indian music in the garage, and and you you can you can deal with uh, Mary, and they don't kick you out. Like of course it's just a squat of junkie. It's another story, but we had a lot in the 80s, in the 90s, and in 2000 we still had a lot. 
and it was like a, a, a work movement. Yeah. Some people will reclaim only art studio, but they were living outside the squat. In my case, it's just because literally I didn't have, uh, I couldn't do couch surfing forever, you know. So I didn't have a roof, you know. So and what what was cool then I had my art studio at the same time. So that was cool for my stencil actually. So I started to paint a lot of walls because of that also because I was I was living in the street, but not like. Uh, Homeless. I mean, it was a great time, but uh, uh, yeah, a bit rough, but a great time. But you live with crazy people also with like, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I wonder, interesting, interesting type of culture. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's, it's interesting because I think in France, like that, you know, the people have a lot of power in France, man, because, you know, French is history, man. It's like if, if you don't give the people bread or money, man. They'll cut your fucking head off. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And in France, like basically there's a lot of times I've heard that a lot of artists will kind of like get together and squat in these vacant buildings that eventually it'll actually like be there. So it's like, it's like a, just a totally different culture, man. Like I, I feel like, and um, I don't know, in my opinion, man, like French people, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you can correct me, AO, if you, if you feel like it's a little I bit think different. it's Europeans though, because in London, in Berlin, a lot, in Berlin, a lot, the squat culture is uh, huge in Berlin. Yeah. I, before the wall, I had a chance to see it, but just after the wall, the wall uh, fell. Man, like <laughs> when I arrived, like they told me, like they, they just closed like uh, 500 clubs in Berlin. I was like, really? There are still hundreds of them. <laughs> like it's, it's crazy, you know. Yeah. And uh, in Europe, you have a lot of like uh, the, the British are, are, are crazier than we are. Like you know, we're like uh, <laughs> like because okay. the Red Party, you know, like the Spire Tribe, they came as a, as a tribe. They were living in trucks. And they just started to like open like uh, factories and, and do rave for free, like party inside. They were selling the acid or whatever. And they were making themselves the acid. And they were printing their own uh, records, but without any logo, you know? Yeah, yeah white labels, so basically. At this time, we, 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 we saw so 500 of them on, on a Russian material, and unbelievable, you know, heavy or sometimes not heavy at all. Like, and I had a lot of these records, but uh, they got stolen in another rave party, you know, like a friend of mine. We were living together. He was a better DJ than me, and so he had all our records in the in the in the, in the car. And, do you uh, only do like, do you only do vinyl, or do you do any uh, of the? New oh no! At this time, it was only vinyl. But then after it was live with a PC or like uh, you know like a archive. We Sampler? should have a party next time, and you should drop a set, man. I, I would love to invite you on the decks, man. Like, would, would you be down, man? Because that would be cool. I'm, all my all my recalls are, are lost. Like, you know, like they oh, were, it's okay. Uh, no, no pressure. No pressure. Stolen. But I, I always say stolen. on this show that it's just like there is a connection between like just like street art, DJing. It's all underground cultures, and this yeah. uh, this rave scene. Yeah. You, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's all interconnected because it's kind of just like it's very raw it's gritty and it's just like it's where this culture came from you know and uh but anyways man i, I want to talk a little bit about um but it comes from california also like uh, like it's always like uh like the beat generation uh it was like beginning of the 20th century man like they were like they were like long before timothy larry you know what i mean so uh, uh like easy rider even like after like all, all the underground thing comes a lot from uh, America because when you're far away, uh, you think the the grass is greener. That's so true. like you, oh, yeah, and so you go for it more <laughs> than you normally would because of what you've seen. Exactly. So so like if you like France like this, it's very good what you what you see in France. You, you, the the face is yeah. uh, prettier than God. <laughs> 
you know, like a lot of things, like, for example, like we see like house music and uh, Detroit, I mean, sorry, techno a lot of time as like European stuff, but actually house music comes oh. from Chicago and, De yeah. you know, techno music comes gay, from Detroit, basically, right? The gay black people uh, created it, the house. And it's very yeah. funny that it, 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 when it was techno, it became to be a white culture against hip hop. So I was one of the few who had a lot of friends in the underground hip hop and uh, in techno, you know? And I was yeah. saying my techno fellows, like, this is fascist what you're doing. Like, uh, I, 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 I use, you're stubborn, you're stupid. So I was always a guy like say, telling like, it's not right what we're doing, why we separate from even trans. And like, because at the beginning you had everybody, you didn't even know their sex. That yeah. gender, you had no idea who is it, uh, and like all kind of different look, and like and I didn't even know there was a DJ in my first rave party. <laughs> but in a boat in Paris, I didn't realize, and I stayed until twelve. Yeah, you like, know, right now I think Berlin is very like gritty, like how it was in the nineties uh, too. You know, it's a little bit more like a, a I guess a gentrification. Radical. <clears throat> radical you know i always say in berlin people look like they just got it out of the matrix man they got their sunglasses on they got their black trench coats you know and the high boots everybody just looks you know very very like berlin I, yeah it's scary actually it's funny in berlin i was just like we were in the taxi and i literally saw a dude naked head to toe walking just down the street he was carrying a bag and then i was wondering what's in the bag and i was like well i guess he's got to have a bag his mother had he has no pockets, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so like, yeah. I have something to carry his stuff with, yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? Of course he has a bag, like, you know what I mean? But, no, it's, you're right, though. It's just funny because we, as I think as different artists from different areas will look and then, like, at another culture and be like, hey, you know what? That culture over there fits me a little bit more. They can appreciate it more. While those people are looking at uh, people, us over here, you, you know what I mean? But um at the end of the day like i said it's just it maybe it is a grass or greener thing or i think it's actually like a foreign novelty thing it's like oh that, that's from but it's also a circulation it's a, it's a traffic like uh, uh we tend to believe and, and it's very sad like I, I witness that everywhere in the world that only the things around us like 100 kilometers or 50 or sometimes it's less uh, exist mm. and the rest of the world is an abstraction like but uh, that is far away yeah. But nothing is far away. We're all the same planet and the same shit happens everywhere, like in a different way. Maybe you would translate it. It's like, a, you know, like, a, but it's always like, a, even in Japan, I did the artist residence in Japan in uh, 2016. Okay, that was, that was the most, uh, I would say, uh, ET like <laughs> experience I had because the Japanese people, the way they think is like uh, very different. But even there, you know, like, you, it's a different way to express uh, feelings, but you have feelings. And I met, like, uh, wonderful people there, and, like, it was intense, like, everywhere. And, uh, but I wanted to say that the ideas are, are moving, they're everywhere. So it's happening at the same time in 68. Uh, or, or this is interesting with what they call street art. Like, before that, you had one of the first uh, word movement for art was Art Nouveau, yep. you know, Art Nouveau. you can steal Because you had Winsaw McKay doing Little Nemo, it's an it's a Art Nouveau comic. You had Moucha in, uh, in Paris doing all the advertising for the painting show. He was not present himself with his own painting in the show, but he was doing all the posters and uh, he, he created a, a, a style. But so you had, even the ads were Art Nouveau. 
but the furniture, the building, New York is totally Art Nouveau, and then Art Deco. But, uh, and it was in all different kinds of art, and it was worldwide. And this is uh, like, with rock and roll, it's a bit different. With every movement, it's a bit different. Like Art Nouveau was really like every different kind of art, except maybe music. But, um, but, and then you, you had like uh, the interesting like movement after the tag period, like the graph period uh, appeared, like uh, even in the 90s already, like very good, like artists. You had the Vandal, pure Vandal, and the guy who worked like longer on a wall where it's not disturbed. And you had the two, uh, two different, uh, you know, way to do graffiti. And already you can do both of them actually. And I was more like a kind of, a, you know, the half legal wall, legal wall, like not being disturbed. I was, I was never a vandal because I consider it advertising if you sell your, your stuff. But I... yeah, if you sell your stuff, you cannot say, oh, I do it for free, like for people to see free art, like fuck off, you know, you're selling your shit. So it's advertising in the street in a way also you know the vandal is different when he writes everywhere he reclaims the city for political reason or for no reason he claims he's not an artist or whatever i kept telling them they are because i i kept my relationship in hip-hop graffiti but i was not inspired by them but i was like uh, it's good what you do like sometimes very interesting like uh, you know like even if you ruin the entire city with just o's you know oli hamburg the, in every street of Hamburg, and it's huge. You you had one of his tag. It was unbelievable. He went to jail many times, and like the day he comes out, he, he tag another wall. You know, crazy. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 but after he died, like a lot of people said, like this is this is part of the Hamburg history. You know, it's someone mm -hmm. who made a the city is piece of art. Like the city is frame. So mm -hmm. he, he, you can reclaim the, the city. I, I, I'm not like against the vandal I, I, I really appreciate all what comes from this culture because if you follow the others all the time it's not good you have to try to to you know to break into it like and some people from the suburban they they became like i know some of them who present one of them he he was a vandal now he's a contemporary artist he made amazing things uh, with embroidery <laughs> made in india and after his drawing and then his splash painting on the top of it. It's unbelievable. He's a contemporary artist represented by Big Gary, Opera Gary, by Atenesa Gary or Gary in Los Angeles. But uh, he used to be a, a vandal, but I, I even at this time I appreciate what he was doing because he created the super fat cap with uh, uh -huh. the fat cap that he yeah. cut. And he was doing from the bottom to, to the hub like this. Like, so it was doing... <laughs> so all the letters, like, well, it was the opposite, you know? And it was like, right. wow, like, even his Vandal style was already something. So, <laughs> but, I kept, but I kept meeting people who were like, I'm not an artist. And I'm like, I know, right? Artists suck. And, and, and worker, it's also a shitty word because, like, you don't want to be a worker, like, for, uh, like, work, like, in the mind. And, and it's not that's, cool. why I, that's why I took these two words, artist, worker, and I put them together and I say, okay, I'm going to be artist, worker, and fuck off. It means mm. like, no matter what, like I do that, you know? So I need to eat, I need to sleep, and like, uh, I need, but I buy myself my time, you know? And I was telling a lot of people, uh, uh, graffiti artists, but like stencil artists a lot. Before me, there was no profession, only one, the ex-girlfriend of Declara because she was writing poems and doing, uh, she's still doing it, uh, like for 30 years, like in the street of Paris. 
and she never left the street. She painted a lot in the street in Paris, and she was the only one earning a life with stencil. And all the black era, he wasn't, he didn't need to anyway. He, we brought him back in 2003 when we started to, to do, create the stencil movement, the international stencil movement. And, uh, but like, I, I encourage a lot of, uh, of people to, instead of like being an artist and having money from the government, you know, like social aid and selling drugs, and they didn't want to sell stencil. I was like, you're not an artist, you're a fraud, man. Like, I mean, uh, like I can get you a job to paste posters in the street, like for for a theater. It's like fifty bucks for three hours, and then you can uh, you can spot uh, you know the, where you're gonna paint the next time, and like it's uh, perfect for you, and it's fifty bucks a day. So we work uh, ten yeah, that's, days. That's true. More. That's true. That's like a that's like a perfect. Hey, this is what you're good at. This is what you like. You, you know what I mean? Like this is the perfect job for you. But a lot of times people don't want to take that job because of the responsibility, probably, or it's not cool to ha have like that kind of job. I guess maybe right, Ao. Well, yeah. The funny thing is, in my family, for example, like uh, they were always afraid of my new direction or whatever I do. But when I, I said I'm going to do stencil art, they were like, "Okay." <laughs> this is a uh, Miss Tick. Uh, uh, yeah. The, the black. As you said this is Black Lorette's ex-girlfriend, and she was the first stencil artist to sell her stencils. Is that it? No, like a lot of people sold, but she was the only one earning a life in 2000. Okay, okay. Like like Jeff Aerosol and uh, Epsilon, like a lot of uh, very good, the best stencil artists from the 80s. Mm -hmm. they, uh, uh, they had trouble uh, through the 90s a little bit because of, uh, you know, being assimilated to tag and uh, but uh, a few of them like uh, were really like earning a life and it's stenciled only her and yeah, she's black. the one because she never left the street and black left the street for more than 10 years yeah i was just gonna say like you know what i went when i was in paris uh, to be honest i saw invader get up like crazy man he's he's around like just so much and the creativity of all the different types of tiles that he's doing i was like man this guy uh, you know, I saw like C215. Uh, do, do you guys yeah, know? Well, oh, one yeah. He's, he's one of my favorite. Yeah, that guy's amazing. You know what I mean? I saw well, his... No, he's not. He's not. I can tell you why. But like, okay, uh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear the juice. Let's hear the juice, man. Like, no, but like, I, I, no because like uh, in 2005, uh, I, I, I presented my uh, 100 drawers with uh, uh, all the 15 best uh, urban artists from the 80s and 90s Speedy Graffito, Jerome Menager, Nemo. They were all there, Jeff Aerosol, and uh, I, um, I had some. Uh, I already had like I already like organized like two uh, stencil art festival in Paris and like. But I was fed up with anarchists, like I said. And two young guys came to to tell me, "How do you do that? Nobody does what you do like so quick with only two stencil. We can believe it. So many colors and whatever, and miniatures at the time a lot, but still it was like." Uh, and so can can we can we learn? And I was like, okay. And so I created the WCA, Working Class Artist, Free University of Stencil Art. And this has been my beautifulest, like my uh, biggest mistake in my career. But I'm happy of it because now, like the the first of my student, uh, GS, is with Jana on GS. They live in an, uh, in Germany, but she's Austrian, and they're making huge walls only after their own photos. And they do background with like a social building uh, or they are very poetic they are very good like that and they do like their own photos only you know and they take a lot of photo and and uh, they are very different from my style but it's my technique double layer technique it's a wca technique can, can as I, we call it 
Okay. And after them, like, there's been like 15 artists, like uh, five of them were in Hamburg when I was in Hamburg. And like, they, they, we changed the landscape, you know. All the stencil artists I met in Hamburg, they were telling me, no, I do only vandal, uh, uh, big stuff at night, but I don't sell and I don't do exhibition. And all of them almost uh, after, uh, like, uh, my studio, like, after I went back to, you know, to France, my studio stayed there. With my students, it was a crew. In this case, it was really a crew, and uh, they, they kept my studio. They were they were able to pay the rent. It was three hundred euro. Like I teach them how to teach, uh, give uh, Chang a fish. You feed him for a day. Teach him how to fish. Fish. You feed him for, for the life. life. So that's what. I did Can you there, tell you know? us a little bit about your technique? Because like teacher also invented a, a style with the screen, basically. You know, one layer. Can can you tell us a little bit about like the the uniqueness like how how do you uh, you know describe Yeah, this? well the thing is not unique anymore because like uh, some people who pretended they were not interested of making stencil and uh, uh, like learned a little bit too much about this with my student and say <laughs> whatever is one of them and and it does only like famous people portrait like uh, he made people work for him it, it like I mean he's an arabist it's like uh, and is he, uh, is he the uh, Alec monopoly of France <laughs> no like I mean like seriously like he asked me to be in WC he asked me and I, I said no because he was my age he was coming uh, whatever I don't want to to to, to tell okay. all his yeah, life yeah. because I know too much about his life and it's not I'm not here to talk about him, but like, I, I don't like the, I like the authenticity, what I like in teacher uh, versus. Uh, Actually, this, look at this one, man. This is absolutely, I know this is two an layers. old one, but it's amazing, it's man. I mean, just the detail. Wow. This is, this is a famous painting of Napoleon crowning his, uh, uh, his, his, his bride. How long did it right? take to cut? 50 hours. Wow. Uh, Dude, that's so awesome. Because I, I come from a miniature, remember? Like it would be a S3 format. Yeah. So yeah. In, in this case, it's like uh, uh, maybe like uh, 16, 16 S3 together. But what I used to do, like a S3 in three weeks, at this time I was able to make like double uh, 16 S3 in. Dude, you're like together. the John Singer Sergeant of fucking stencil cutting. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not for that. You know who like, Sergeant is? Uh, it's like Jimi Hendrix, kind of. Uh, no, I sorry no. to tell you again. Uh, John Singer Sargent is uh, is an amazing um, Renaissance uh, painter, um, but just your your style of cutting stencils and the way you do the color layerings and everything for some reason makes me think of. Uh, oh, you give me the name. Sargent. I, I was yeah, confused. John like, Singer. Uh, no, yeah. Oh, you're, you think it's a singer, but no, this is the. No, style. yeah, no. This is the style of, yeah, it's very beautiful, man. It looks yeah, like. Yeah, anyway, my influence is like 1848 until 1914. But ah. there are some exceptions, like all, all before Raphael, of course, mm -hmm. and uh, the Middle Age and the Pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood. And that's why it was interesting to have uh, students in a way, because what I was doing was anyway, like so different, like uh, that, uh, that in a way, like uh, there was enough room to, to do like pop, uh, things like i had one one of my students he died uh, last year but uh, a german guy he, he he started to cut only pixel so he was stealing photo on internet and anti-hero wow. anti-hero like and he was like printing them in very big and then he was cutting all the, all the pixel so he created his own style with double layer like with the same Oof. technique but only with pixel and at the end of his life he became a bit crazy he was doing pixels so like from his own photos and it was like so little 
you could hardly see the face. It was abstract. Like white style writing can become abstract the same way. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. he, was, uh, he was the best, but he was not ready to sell his art. And uh, yeah, as a crew, we, we, we were able to pay the, for the beer and for everything, for nice. the studio and everything. But he, he, when I left Hamburg, he, he started the gallery in the studio. So all the guys who didn't want to exhibit, they started to exhibit in my ex-studio that became a crew studio, that became a gallery, as soon as gallery, but underground gallery completely. But uh, at the beginning, we were like selling like 10 uh, bucks of beer with 33 beer inside, so 300 beer. So we were making like, just with beer, we were paying the rent. But at the end, there were too many people and DJ and so on. So actually, it was until the street. I had a cave and then a little... Um, outside place and then a garage where we usually paint but it was all packed and outside packed and i was doing shadow theater in front uh, so actually there were too many people so they were not buying our, our beers anymore they were coming with their beer <laughs> so so man, look, like teacher, yeah. I want to do these waves real quick you can appreciate this one man it, it, this is like a, oh it's beautiful yeah look that, at that is man. really beautiful it's so cool because love I, it, man. I, I love seeing well, just just like you should be different... proud, teacher, because it's it's a uh, it's a little bit inspired by by the you know it's, uh, the disciplines that you have, because after twenty years, or like even twenty seven years, I'm like, yeah, I should use my own draw drawing sometimes, you know. <laughs> yes. At one point, it's very interesting to develop that. But my last waves that you see in the show at Atene Sagari are even better because this one is still uh, the grand grand granddaughter of Okusai, you know. So even uh, teacher, you did, yeah. These wow. are the new ones. These are mine. These are after observation in Malibu, like every week with the kid, we go surfing. He goes surfing. Sometimes I go, but most of the time I, I take video of him, photos, and I realize it's very hard to have a good photo of a wave and yes. after to cut it because I cut too many details and I got lost in translation. So yes. one morning I woke up and I drew that path, you know, like uh, the full wave. And of course, you can repeat them. Like there are only two stencils and a single layer here. Like nice. it's, uh, it's single layer. So yeah, uh, yeah. Dude, that's amazing, man. I love what you do with it, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I really uh, appreciate uh, what you do, by the way. And I, I was never in. Uh, he he, in he gave me the compliment. He gave me the compliment to you over the weekend that you're, you know, teacher, the best stencil artist in LA, man. So I mean, like. <laughs> Yeah, on the on the best name. On the best name, you know, the best name because actually, uh, 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 you know, uh, I, I was also kind of a teacher, like with a young artist, and even yeah, sure. outside the WCA, that some of them are famous, some of them are professional now, some of them died, but a lot, of, all of them, they like did a lot in the street and much more vandals than I did myself. And uh, they change the landscape everywhere, like it happened in Normandy, in Paris, in Paris first, and then in Hamburg, and then uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Normandy. But outside of them, uh, you have a lot of uh, stencil artists who became professional thanks to me because like, they were friends with WCA. Mm. They were seeing like, the energy of the crew. And it's not even a crew. Some of them, they don't even know each other. They met once in 2010, and we were like 10 of us, but like two different crews. And, like, and it's not even a crew because everybody is free. Yeah, to, to do whatever you want but when we meet we have the same technique so we can paint very fast and we can make like a composition like uh, uh, we can do jazz actually it's a jazz music it means like it can be written but what we're going to paint is not what is written but something is written 
So it's not I like that. You see, it, it's cool, not man. classic music. What, what I don't like sometimes it's stencil. It's like you, you do something like from your screen. Like I like Logan Hicks, but because he's a good photographer. But oh yeah, Logan it. Hicks. Yeah. But, but he told me like, oh no, you are better in 2008 in the Banksy Festival, like you know, uh, Cannes Festival. I was invited, and so he was. And I told him, wow, man, like it's a ten layer and cut by hand. He said, no, I'm cutting by a laser cut now. But he's doing a lot of work on computer. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, so, one, so that's one thing a lot of people don't know is that he uses a plotter to uh, cut his stencils for him. But, yeah, but I mean, but what he, he does with on, those is still amazing. He worked a lot on computer to separate the ten or fifteen layer or whatever. But yeah. there's things that I don't like. But him is an exception because he goes so far that it's very interesting. But yes. sometimes you have exactly the same five layer from your computer. You cut by hand even, but like you print the line, you know. So you just cut the line, so there's no interpretation. And then when right. you paint exactly the colors that you had in your, in your screen. So, so there's, there's no improvisation, you know, you just Right, do. there's no creativity, you're just basically following what's going on there. And As a painter. Almost like a, it, uh, a machine yeah. more than a, than a painter. It's an odd job, like when he paints, like I see him suffering, man, like it's, a, it's, a, it's like, and he's, he's eager to see the hand, and the hand is a very impressive, and like it's probably the most impressive, but there was a um, Japanese, I don't remember his name, who was doing that also by hand, but he didn't last, because like, you cannot also like... You can't, dude, not, and he uses oil board, you cannot yeah, yeah. cut, you just, your fingers, arthritis, my hands, I mean, I do exercises for them all the time, otherwise I would be like arthritic. You know, yeah, well, take breaks. Yeah. I uh, and plus, I, you know, I I'm, I'm cutting paper, so it's a lot I work easier. on the very thin paper. And uh, after the years now, I have a printer in uh, in LA. By chance, I found a very nice guy, and uh, it's a thicker paper that I was used to. But because I cut for so many years, like very thin paper with a lot of details, I I I I I push too much anyway. So with this biggest paper, that's much more solid. I realized that it, it works the same way. You know, like almost like because I. I push already enough, so, and I, I, I have a family life, so I can work from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. for mm -hmm. my cutting. So I never had the time to have pain whatsoever. I used to, I used to cut 15 hours a day. I was to arrive, like in Hamburg, I was like in 2006, 2005. I hear I you, bro, like, I hear you. I got twins, you know, they're 11 years old now. And you can So, uh, you know, a lot of times I'm up at about, until about, you know, two or three o'clock in the morning cutting sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but even for this exhibition, like uh, I have twelve Canva, and I did By the that way, in, uh, in two months. Ayo, great ex exhibition. I know I could didn't stay too long, but like I said, I, I really th thought the work there was like really nice. So, uh, you know, thank you for inviting me, man. And uh, no, no, thank you for coming because it's very, this is very new. Like I said, it's two months of work in this condition where I cannot cut all the time. Sure. But sure. what is good with my new life? Uh, it's that uh, I have more time to think about it. Mm. When I cut, it's a reward, you know. It's oh, not, awesome. and, and when I paint, it's another reward. So now, yeah. I, so I work so hard about stencil that now, it, when I have the chance to work, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like, time, little, it's like Christmas time or something like that, right? Almost, almost like, and uh, when my studio is gonna be finished here, I'm gonna be like very happy also to to work on bigger scale and. Uh, stuff like that you know like uh but uh, it's two months of work it's 12 like i have four uh 48 inches square like 48 inches 48 inches i have four of them 
And uh, one of them is made with many waves and many uh, photos from Malibu. And I mix them together in a medieval, uh, I use a medieval uh, technique for our perspective. So it's, uh, on the walls, I always like combine a little stencil and the, the smallest on the top. And, you know, so I, I kind of create like the Paolo Cello, like, uh, you know, Quattrocento, like a technique for, to represent battles. It, 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 it looks uh, realistic almost, like you don't, people don't think, oh, this is wrong. The thing is, but it's, it is totally wrong. But it looks natural, like in a way, you know. Dude, it looks cool. I dig it, man. I think you're doing yeah. great, great work, man. I have uh, tons of respect for you. And uh, dude, we've, oh wow, we're we're over on time here, but we got to have you back on again, man. Um, man yeah, man, we didn't we, we didn't get to talk about France that much, man. But uh, like like I said, hey, well, real quick, I one last thing before we go, actually. Um, <clears throat> you know, I went to the Louvre, right? And then you see the uh, the painting of Napoleon crowning his uh, his bride, right at the Louvre. Yeah, right? that's the one. Like, I, yeah, yeah, the one you cut. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, wow, this is amazing, you know. And then I went to the Palace of Versailles, and then I saw the same painting there, but the older one, you know, which made me just realize that the one in the Louvre is actually a huge. <clears throat> it's it's a fake, actually. I mean, it's it's a, it's not. No, no, no. He did three of them. And at this time, uh, you know, like uh, the master, he, he will do some uh, work, especially uh, the, the first lines and then the finishing, the, the faces. But he had a bunch of workers that were working uh, with him or for him. Uh, so the, it, it took three years, but he made three paintings. Oh, okay, okay. At the same time. So there are three originals from this painting. So I don't know okay. which one. I think I have the one for Versailles. The, the one, and the, yeah, the I one in Versailles looked a little bit older, but it, it, yeah, I guess, I, okay, now, thank you for educating me, man. Cause I was just saying a lot of times, you know, museums, they get like uh, 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 imitation and then they put it up and they hide like the- It's not the, imitation, it's perfect copy. Like the, <laughs> the, 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 the Mona Lisa. Yeah. You never see the real one. The real one got stolen one time, right? So they they be yeah. sure they be sure to hide it. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? But I, I the, knew better than to stand in that long line, man. <laughs> but the copy the copy you actually see is under glass still, mm, yeah. and uh, it's very uh, it's very like a very very uh, you know uh, precious one, and it's made like uh, you know I don't know how many thousands of hours with, uh, to to make it look exactly like the original, like mm. even the varnish, there's a crack in the varnish and everything. So mm -hmm. once, uh, you know, as you have the uh, Wedding of Cana, which is a huge, wonderful painting in front of her, and nobody watch. Everybody, mm -hmm. everybody is like taking photos with flash. And I was telling a woman like, don't flash this old painting. Like, anyway, it's a copy, Maybe. it's not even the real one. She was like, if it's not the real one, then why shouldn't I flash, you know? I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, you, you cannot, there are too many people and they're flashing the old painting. Even if it's a copy, it's a precious one. And they don't, under yeah. This is a huge painting yeah, you have in this, front of Mona Lisa. This is one of the amazing paintings I saw there, man. It and and I bet 95% of the people who go to see Mona Lisa, they, they have no they recall. They don't even see that. <laughs> they never saw it. Well, hey, in front, hey, it's up. You know, it's, it's the, today, it's been, we have to have you on again, man. And next time, maybe in person, in studio, because, you know, we've been doing these Zoom shows because of the COVID, but we also have some in-studio episodes. And that way, you know, it's a different dynamic. And then, like, we can hang out a little bit, too. Maybe we can have some wine uh, next time. Yeah, with pleasure. Like, uh, we, yeah, we have a lot, a lot to talk about, actually, because, like, uh, you're a wealth yeah. of a knowledge, man. And I'd love to, like, next time, hear a little bit more, like, uh, 
your opinions on you know how influential Black Lorad is and all these different things because you touched a lot a little bit, but we wanted to kind of introduce. He's not you. at all. He's not at all. <laughs> you know, Banksy. I know him personally. I, I talked with Banksy when like uh, in the tunnel, like I met him, like you know, because I was fooling around and I talked for one hour with a guy and like everybody stepped back when I started to speak with him. And then after Pure Evil, who has a gallery, is a stencil artist in London. He told me, uh, yeah, uh, you just talk one hour with Banksy. But like, he's genius because he said, oh, I'm humble. Because of course you have to be humble. But I don't have the pretension to be humble because I think it's a stupid game. Like, uh, oh, I'm humble. Like, he's not humble to be humble in the first place. But, but he's a genius because he pretends to be humble by saying, oh, I didn't create anything. Everything has been done 20 years before. And most of the time by Black Lera. So after that, Beclora became like a huge name. So we started like in 2003 to bring back from, from the grave, you know, mm. back from the grave, like, na, 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 na. <laughs> yeah, we're going to say this for the next one. Yeah, okay. Ayo, next time, like, next time, like I said, we get, that's, a, that's a good teaser for next time, all right? So, so, all right, Ayo, thank you so much again for joining us today, man. It was a pleasure. And uh, next time, we, more stories like this. This man talked to Banksy for an hour, man. So I can't wait till next time, man. So, Ayo, drop your Instagram uh, or, or where we can find you, where we can find you. Yeah, like, uh, oh, actually, I have another Instagram. It's easier to pick uh, for the English here or like uh, English speaking here. It's uh, Stencil Art Mondays. Stencil Art Mondays. Monday. Stencil Art Mondays here. Uh, yeah. here. Uh, go ahead. And follow. I'm going to give you a follow right now, man. Oh, man, my picture's up there. What an honor, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was so happy that you came. And it's, it's, it's the Instagram I have in LA. And also, like, for my Stencil Art Mondays fellows, I have a few here in, in LA. Yeah. We do some Stencil Workshop in the gallery every Monday. So we should stop for a while, like, but, like, we're going to do it again. And, awesome. Uh, okay. We, will, we yeah. will promote your stuff, man. Thank you Absolutely. so much. Ayo, yeah, Ayo. and uh, I will contact you by uh, like a uh, message also, like because uh, I, I have uh, maybe a project in the gallery uh, for uh, March actually like this year. Can't that wait, I want man. to talk to you guys about. So awesome, man! We'll come back and promote it basically. All right. Yeah, yeah no, uh, like I was thinking of maybe like uh, like, like maybe uh, yeah. I, I I'm not the gallerist. It's my wife, but I I, I talk with her about like all the interesting guys. Uh, I've seen in LA. Maybe we should have uh, your wife on next time with you. That that would be no, awesome. I, I, I would I wouldn't curate uh, the show, but uh, she said like she's open like to uh, you know to maybe talk about like uh, you know uh, yeah. me proposing some artists from LA or even Jer Jeremy Novi. I love what he does from San Francisco. Nice, yes. nice, to do a nice. show to really do a show like Jeremy in because she doesn't do street art. She does only me in street art. Like she has contemporary artists, but once in a while maybe you know. But uh, if you have the chance to go to Atenesa, you didn't see it just the last time, but I, I, I made a 15-feet uh, miniature on the wall outside. But you oh, have okay. to move up. I, I, yeah. Look, we're going to hang out more, Ayo. It's Don't two worry. Months of cutting. <laughs> it's two months of cutting. It's my first wall in, uh, in LA. And uh, oh, my yeah. biggest fence it so far. And nobody sees it. It's funny. But oh, well, <laughs> you, you have know, to look we'll, up. We'll, okay, next time we'll, we'll get together and we'll do a video Instagram. We'll post it on LA Street Art Gallery, man, because this is... Uh, this is like uh, something that definitely the people should know about, all right? Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Ayo, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Um, so uh, follow, uh, follow Ayo at Stencil Art Monday, Stencil underscore Art underscore Mondays. And uh, follow us at PTTV Show. Uh, thank you very much. And love you, take care, and peace. Yes, peace. thank you so much.
Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace.